All right, so I haven't looked at my numbers yet, but it's possible that I won a million dollars last night. It's possible. Uh, No one won the jackpot of the Mega Millions drawing, so it goes to $750 million, probably more than that by the time the drawing takes place on Friday night, the 15th of January, 2021. But there were nine winners in the uh you know in the the lower drawings of the mega millions and one of the one million dollar winners was from texas so i'm afraid to look at my numbers to see if uh i was one of them but uh, it's possible now i could use a million as i'm sure you could no problem now tonight the powerball drawing for those of you listening live on the 13th of january 2021 is worth $550 million for the jackpot. So I still have that. You know, I still got these two to hope for, right? We still have hope. As long as we have the lottery, there's hope left in America. You know I'm right. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. Speaking of hope, though... Uh, This story, fewer than four in 10 Americans have enough money set aside to cover an unexpected $1,000 expense. Wow. So the nationwide poll conducted in December by Bankrate that was released this week illustrates, (laughs) which sure does, the widespread economic insecurity following the coronavirus pandemic which, you know, has magnified the rise in inequality. Um, The provider of financial advice for consumers found that 39% of respondents could handle a surprise bill for $1,000, while 38% would have to borrow the money through credit cards, family, and other means. So, I mean, that is not a good place to be. Uh, The emergency savings has been further set back by the pandemic. And if it's a big unplanned expense for $1,000 or more, you'd you'd have to borrow to cover it. Wow, that is not a good place to be. But it does hold up my, (laughs) my, without the lottery, we have lost all hope, right? Right. Of course it has. And then we have this story out of Los Angeles, which I believe is just a domino effect around the country, really. A new economic forecast is pointing toward uh, an increase in homelessness across the state of California. Now, they are specifically talking about Los Angeles County, but uh, they're talking about uh, data from a 2008 recession to predict how bad the pandemic-induced recession will affect the homeless population. And it looks like uh, the impacts could be twice as bad as they were in 2008. So the recession is particularly bad because it's hitting vulnerable workers harder than the last recession. That's what Dan Fleming, president of the Economic Roundtable, said. He believed most alarming is the predicted jump in chronic homelessness 
which refers to people who live on the street for extended periods of time. In L.A. County alone, roughly 15,000 chronically homeless individuals. And over the next four years, that forecast calls for that number to double. Double. That means that the forecast would go up 86%. Wow. That would be unheard of and now you can quote me on this not a good thing (laughs) i know i know it's just incredible again i go back to without the lottery though we've lost all hope well and then there's bitcoin of course uh i don't know if you have any bitcoin at all it's uh you know been soaring through the roof uh, price-wise, but you had the one story this week that, uh, you know, has been making the rounds about the, uh, programmer in San Francisco who has 7,002 bitcoins that would be worth, uh, 220 million or so, uh, which is, uh, pretty good. I'd be, I'd be happy. I don't know about you, but 220 million would mean a lot to me. Now he has it in his crypto wallet, which he doesn't have access to because it has to have a password. And it only gives you 10 chances to get into the wallet before you get locked out, which is a weird thing, but okay. Uh, You know, I guess that's for our safety, but it never works out to our safety. Anyway, uh, he's tried eight times. He has two left and he has not gotten in. So apparently I guess he wrote the password down on a napkin. And then, you know, obviously there's, I'm sure he's torn the house inside out looking for this napkin with the password on it and the cannot find it. So if you have a crypto wallet, make sure you write your password and your information down on something that you know where it's going to be. No matter what it is. could be your password to Twitter, to Facebook, but most importantly to your bank accounts and your cryptocurrencies. Wow, if you don't know where that password is and you have an opportunity to get locked out from that crypto wallet, And you're going to end up like this guy knowing you've got a couple hundred million dollars worth of Bitcoin in this wallet. Uh, no, thank you. You've got to put that somewhere where you know where it is. I don't know where that is for you. I know where it is for me. And it needs to go there. The list of all names, passwords, emails, all of it needs to be where you can get at it at any time. Otherwise, you're left with hoping you hit the lottery. (laughs) You know, we talked about uh, the NASCAR driver who apologized. And I guess it kind of saved her gig because she's going to have to go to, 
you know, her sensitivity training before she can race again. We talked about the sports guy that apologized and it didn't do any good. Most of the stories, the overwhelming amount of stories where people do something that the, uh, the woke crowd gets their panties in a wad, uh, the apology doesn't work. And we've joked around forever, never bend the knee. And for sure, that is a fact Never bend the knee to the rage mob because it doesn't do any good. Period. It never does any good. It just, it's amazing to me. And everyone thinks that it's going to, they don't care. If they're coming after you, they're coming after you. Period. Your apology will go on deaf ears, but we have another one. The owner of a restaurant in Maryland sells Barry, Maryland, has issued a public apology for a sign that appeared outside his eatery. Now, he's taking the heat for it, but apparently he had somebody that he had hired that takes care of the sign out in front of the store. And that person, of course, is no longer employed (laughs) with the bar. Okay. All right. That person is gone. And the restaurant uh, owner on his Facebook page issued an apology saying he was sorry for the extremely insensitive and derogatory sign. He also assured patrons that nothing of the sort would ever happen again. I, the owner of Market Street Inn, am sorry for the distasteful sign that was written in front of a place of business. A public business is not a platform for political or personal feelings or opinions and is ultimately the responsibility of the person responsible for that organization. Recovering from the incident will be a process of learning. It's a whole new thing and it was a big mistake. It was hurtful. Hopefully over time, the community will take that I'm sincere about it and that the sincerity we build on and move forward and correct our problems. And that's all you can really ask. He said that the employee in question is no longer employed at the restaurant. Well, that's good. Uh, That's good. But uh, I'm in contact with the Salisbury P-Flag. The branch uh, has offered to provide a restaurant with training and education about the LGBTQ plus people. Now, P-Flag has 400 chapters across the country and it provides confidential support, uh, peer support, education, and advocacy to the LGBTQ plus people. Um, it's the largest organization uniting parents, families, and allies with people who are lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer. Uh, P flag national is the national organization, which provides support to the P flag network of local chapters. Now, well, you say what, what was the sign, Jeff? I mean, it must've been horrific. Well, I'm going to read it to you and it was horrific. And I know the incident has been handled internally. We've gotten rid of the employee that wrote it. Uh, I understand we're in a pandemic restaurants and bars and inns are really struggling, but this sign, it can't, it just, can't stand and it hasn't and I'm thankful that it's gone I'm going to read it to you now but just know that this was the sign that is now gone from in front of the Market Street Inn on the 
chalkboard that's out in front of the store. So it changes daily or it's supposed to, right? I mean, that's why you have somebody in charge of it. Just put up new signs, specials, whatever you want to say out in front of your store. This particular um, chalkboard said this, uh, you know, I mean, this is what was written on it in chalk. So if a male can identify as a female, can a bar identify as a grocery store? I know. <laughs> I know. The horror. I mean, you could well understand how this was just unacceptable in, uh, in our times. I mean, according to Caitlin Wright, I'm sorry, Caitlin White in this story, W-I-G-H-T, who grew up in Salisbury, said this particular incident is not the first of its kind. Oh my gosh. Were there other written things on chalkboards? She claimed, and I don't know if what I, Caitlin identifies as, if you're not transgender, you don't get to decide what is or isn't a joke or what you should or shouldn't be sensitive about. Um, yeah, you kind of do. You kind of do, Caitlin, but, you know, whatever. You and P-Flag take care of yourselves. But, no more little joking. Uh, there's, there's no comedy. There's no jokes. There's no idea that, you know, every place has to close except for the grocery store. So maybe that was the question from the person who was losing all kinds of money at the Market Street Inn. Was fortunate to still be able to have a job and put up whatever specials were on the of the day and decided to make a little joke now i'm going to say it again what was so horrific just one more time so you know how horrific it was and that's why i'm saying it so you know how horrific this was on in front of the market inn in salisbury maryland uh, up on the chalkboard so if you're male no i'm sorry that's not right so if a male can identify as a female, can a bar identify as a grocery store? <laughs> I, you know what? I, I want to, I know I, I was going to apologize, but I'm not going to apologize because I should never apologize for something. I, I don't know what to do now. I don't know what to do. Cause I didn't, I mean, <laughs> it's so stupid it's so stupid it's funny it's funny and it's just a stupid little reminder of how this pandemic has made these things so ridiculous and of course you can identify as a grocery store that's the world we live in it's the world we live in you can identify as whatever you want Right? I thought that was the case. The answer to this should be yes. But not the P flag. All right, so a Florida couple in big trouble. They are charged with child neglect. The sheriff's office did not say in their press release how they first received information about these crimes. Okay? So this couple in Florida, Pinellas County, Florida, Palm Harbor, Florida. I mean, it's my old stopping grounds. I love it there. Pinellas County, 727 Bay B. 
Uh, <laughs> so stupid. Uh, the area code. I got gotcha. you. So according to uh, the Pinellas County Sheriff's Office, Adam Thayer, 38, who is the Dean of Students, uh, not anymore, by the way, at Pinellas Academy for Math and Science, and his wife, Misty Mitchell Thayer, 37. Now, in this story, he gets arrested and he's been charged with chi- with child neglect. She is out of town. I wonder if she will continue to be out of town. But she'll be charged when she comes back, if and when she comes back. So anyway, they're facing child neglect charges. Now, apparently, they discovered, police discovered that they'd been providing their children's teenage babysitter and her underage friends with alcohol and marijuana while she was at their home watching their children. (laughs) Apparently they left alcohol and marijuana for the babysitter 30 to 40 times over the last two years while they went out and partied themselves at local bars. Detectives learned that the Thayers wouldn't return home until after midnight, I mean, I'm not sure why that's a big deal if you're out with your wife and you have a babysitter, but okay. They wouldn't return home until after midnight, and on some occasions, on some of these occasions, would continue to drink and smoke with the underage female babysitter, who is now 17 years of age. They also permitted the juvenile to invite friends over and knowingly allowed them to drive home impaired. So, I guess, you know, this... Teenager has been babysitting the kids for a couple of years. Uh, said would often get pretty drunk to the point of experiencing slurred speech and blurred vision. She also admitted to detectives that in the event of an emergency due to her intoxication, she would not have been able to care for the children. They were five and seven when she began a couple of years ago. And in October of 2020, which is right in the pandemic, right? But it is in Florida, so maybe they were still going out to bars. Uh, Misty, the wife, told the babysitter in a text message, get drunk and pass the F out. (laughs) If you want to smoke, Adam has weed there. Okay. The teen also told detectives that the one time the couple even poured her a glass of whiskey before leaving the house. Okay, I want to know if this is actually a true story or not. I mean, I want to know if this is actually what happened or if the teen is out to get this couple because they didn't pay her or something. It's really, really strange. But they are being charged with two counts of child neglect uh, in Pinellas County, Florida. What I liked about a couple things, uh, when they went to the school, uh, News Channel 8, the local NBC affiliate uh, was reporting the story in the story that I got, uh, my man Keith Kate and uh, the reporter Chip Osowski. I don't know Chip, but I know Keith. Keith's been around for a long time. He's a good man. Anyway, uh, they were reporting on this and Chip goes to the front door of the Thayer's house. This person who answered the door got to be a chewing the fat listener. Love him. I don't know who answered. This is just a, you know, a young male answered the door and Chip says, is there anyone in the theater family that wants to comment on this? And he says, no, and closes the door. Awesome. Chip just turns around and says, oh, there's no comment from the family. No kidding. That's how you handle it. Just because a microphone and a camera show up at your door, you don't have to comment. 
And then he talked about that he went to the school and said, uh, hey, does he, the administrator here, the dean of students here at this math school? Yes, he is. And uh, upon finding out that he was uh, arrested, he's been fired. Oh, okay. Well, that's nice of him to give the guy a chance. Uh, you know, the whole allegedly doesn't mean anything, right? Right. <laughs> Let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink. And I've got some really good. Oh, my gosh. Stories for the break room, too. Oh, so good. So good news if you are one of the fortunate ones or unfortunate ones that are still flying. Uh, in the airports, uh, Jeff Zucker, head of CNN, notified the CNN staff that uh, CNN Airport Network, yep, we're going to end that operation on March 31st. Really? Isn't that interesting? No more CNN at every airport in America. The steep decline in airport traffic because of COVID-19, coupled with all the new ways that people are consuming content on their personal devices, has lessened the need. So I wonder how it would go if it was the blaze. Was there an airport in America that would take the blaze? I mean, right now is the time to do it. Just go to blazetv.com slash Jeffy and get you 30 bucks off for a year. You can put that up at your airport. No problem. Blazetv.com slash Jeffy. Put the network up on your at your at the airport. What do you say? Make that deal. In fact, and I don't know this, and I don't want to, I don't want to throw it out there, you know, just higgly piggly. But if you're an airport and you want to carry the blaze, you know, you, call me, and we'll see if we can work something. <laughs> we'll see. If, you know, I, I give you thirty bucks off a year right now. Just go to the blaze tv.com slash jeffy blaze tv.com slash jeffy promo code jeffy j-e-f-f-y get you 30 bucks off for a year what do you say huh whatever airport you're good to go i like it put the blaze tv up on your at your airport is there an airport in america that has the guts to do that i doubt it very very much Hey, if you're listening to this podcast, uh, be sure to subscribe. If you're listening right now and you're not a subscriber, you're just a freeloader. Nobody likes freeloaders. So go to the platform of your choice, you know, like iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify. There's a plethora of other platforms out there and subscribe to Chewing the Fat. Now, it's free. So you now become a freeloading subscriber not just a freeloader. Nobody likes a freeloader. Everybody likes a freeloading subscriber. So subscribe to Chewing the Fat and make your life that much better. Okay? <laughs> okay. Uh, that's what I like to hear. So uh, Consumer Electronics Show is going on. And we uh, we know that uh, they pulled out all the plugs to show the uh, GM launching their Operation Beat. 
Tesla. Their electric delivery and logistics arm, Bright Drop. Uh, they showed the electric pallet that uh, lugs packages from warehouses to delivery vans and delivery vans to your doorstep. The electric uh, delivery van with 250-mile range. First vehicle should be delivered by the end of this year with 500 destined for a FedEx route near you. Uh, Bright Drop is also going to offer delivery software and services, including location tracking, remote lock, predictive maintenance. So shares of GM, uh, you know, they're still up. So good for them. I know that they're doing their, uh, you know, billion-dollar pivot to electric vehicles. So we'll see how their 30 new models are going to be unveiled and how people like them by 2025. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. They're talking about uh, having a Cadillac-branded electric air taxi. So we'll see. I don't know. I don't know. And at uh, CES, uh, they also have a ice cream machine. I know. I like it. It's called Cold Snap. I want one. Frozen treats in a snap. So it's like pods. It's like the little Kerrigs. And they have the little pods and you make ice cream. Now, I will say this. All right. It doesn't look like it makes that much. I'd like to have the pods make more soft serve ice cream. But, I mean, to have that machine in the house, so you just pop the pot in and you've got a bowl full of ice cream, it'd be kind of sweet. But, just as a side note, now you can, according to this, Cold Snap has pod coffee, pod juices, pod lipstick, pod weed, pod cocktails, pod cookies, and pod tortillas, along with the pod ice cream. So, okay. It's, uh, you know, it's still out there. They're looking at... uh, it's making the healthy shakes and frozen smoothies, and you can have frozen yogurt instead of ice cream. I gotcha. So, uh, you know, they're out there. They're being at at the Computer Electronics Show. Now, here's the deal. I looked at how much those pods are, and for an ice cream pod, I didn't look at the others, but for an ice cream pod, they claim, according to this story, that... It's two ninety nine when it launches the two ninety nine for the ice cream pods. Uh, okay, they're saying all the pods are going to be somewhere around two ninety nine. If I have as small a bowl as they show in this picture for ice cream, um, I it better be cheaper than two ninety nine because you can get. I mean, for three bucks, I can, for double the money, I can get a gallon of Bluebell ice cream. And for three bucks, I can get almost a half gallon of any other ice cream I want. And that's a lot more than the old soft serve pod machine is making. It doesn't change the fact that I still want one in the house, though, just so that I could, you know, have some ready made cold soft serve ice cream at the drop of a pod. I just did an ad for them. Holy cow. They should be a sponsor of Chewing the Fat. So since the passing of Alex Trebek and Jeopardy, uh, everybody wants to be the host of Jeopardy. So Ken Jennings is uh, obviously not going to be the everyday host, but he is the main fill-in host. And he is their ambassador and has been for a while. He's like the winningest uh, guy forever. 
74-game winning streak, $2.52 million in earnings. Um, he's gonna he's the first to take over as a guest host. And then they're having fill-ins. Now, I, I read originally, right, we talked about how it was going to be, I guess they were going to do a week at a time, and I don't know how long Ken's going to do it here at the beginning, and then they're going to have guest hosts fill in. And I, I thought we had talked about it being a week at a time, and then they were going to you know, make a decision on who was going to be the official replacement, if it was going to be one of these people. So I know they have Katie Couric lined up. Ugh. And they have uh, uh, the Big Bang Theory, Amy Farrah Fowler. Oh, that was her name on Big Bang Theory. Uh, what's her silly name? Um, she's on Call Me Cat now. Mayhem Bellick, right? I don't know how to... I, don't, I remember her on Big Bang Theory. M-A-Y-I-M-B-I-A-L-I-K. And I know she's a big star from Big Bang Theory. And you're all going to be saying, Yeah, you should be able to pronounce her name. I don't care. Okay. She actually might be able to pull it off. Maybe. You know, we'll see. Uh, I know that they're talking about Mike Richards. Uh, he's one of the executive producers. Uh, the only uh, okay, I guess he hosted a game show before. Uh, good luck. And that's what it's going to be, right? That It's going to be someone like this guy, this Mike Richards, who's not a super famous guy from somewhere else, but is able to pull off the host of Jeopardy. Anderson Cooper, I guess, is going to give it a shot for a week or so. Stop it, Anderson. George Stephanopoulos wants the gig. I, and, you know, I know that we have, uh, there's plenty, and there's also a list of uh, Aaron Rodgers was going to do it. They want Aaron to step in for one of those. What? I mean, people want the gig. It's a good gig. And I, you know, I wouldn't mind doing it. We, yeah, we talked about it because I would love, I mean, it'd be a good gig. It'd be fun. But guys like Aaron Rodgers and, and, and Stephanopoulos and, oh my gosh, and Katie Couric, they, you know, they're going to be able to do an okay job because they're superstars in previous lives, but they're not going to be able to pull off Jeopardy. Nobody's going to want to deal with their agonizing selves for Jeopardy. We want to be able, that's what made Alex so great all those years is that the show was never about Alex Trebek. It was about this guy who everyone thought was the smartest guy in the world and knew all these answers and, and talked to the host, but it was about the players. And, you know, he worked real hard at that at making it, making it be about the contestants and not about him. He would just be, you know, this, guy who had all the answers it was just you know it's going to be someone that you know we don't know or someone you know like myself who would say yes to the job and you know no problem right <laughs> now ken jennings i had forgotten about all the trouble he got into over uh some of his past tweets remember we talked about it at the end of uh end of the year where he talked about uh uh, I just wanted to own up to the fact that over the years on Twitter, I've definitely tweeted some unartful and insensitive things. Sometimes they worked as jokes in my head, and I was dismayed to see how they read on screen. So he bent the knee to the crowd, right? They were after him. 
they were after him for his tweets and the one that got everybody all wound up uh, he had he had two or three tweets that were you know not really funny and they were you know whatever but (laughs) my favorite tweet from ken jennings was is probably i i have become a fan of ken jennings just because of this tweet from 2014 okay and i just want you to know that he tweeted it as a joke and it's funny but they believe that it's deeply offensive and he claims he refused to take the tweets down because he felt like taking them down was was the wrong thing to do they should remain there i kind of agree with that when you take it down it brings it's like you're I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Whatever. If you tweet something, you don't want to have it up there. Go ahead. Take it down. But his tweet that faced huge backlash was from 2014. <laughs> I'm going to say it. And I'm going to, I'm not going to laugh because I just want you to know that it is not funny. Okay. And I'm laughing because of all the things going on around me right now, <laughs> but I'm not laughing at this tweet that, uh, people were thought was offensive. The tweet read, "Nothing sadder than a hot person in a wheelchair." I know, I know, the horror. cat fighting on tv more cat fighting cat fight cat fight not only are we fighting to take over alex trebek's role on jeopardy and that's a that's a good gig man that's a good role to take over so good luck to whoever really has an opportunity for that job but uh nicole kidman apparently has been uh i don't know tapped on the shoulder uh, by the kings that be to play lucille ball in a uh in a biopic that uh, is going to be about uh, called being the Ricardos, or at least that's what they're titling it right now. And it's supposed to follow ball and Desi Arnaz during a week of producing. I love Lucy. That's what it's being reported as. And Aaron Sorkin is, uh, you know, writing and directing the movie. Javier Bardem is uh, been tapped to play Desi Arnaz and uh, people are upset that Nicole Kidman is going to be playing Lucille Ball. Now, I kind of agree. Nicole is one of those, you know, I, I never really cared for her. But most of the stuff that she's in, I like. So I guess I like her. You know, she's just one of those people that I don't think I would hang out with in real life. But and whatever and whatever. So she's, you know, she's superstar and she's been tapped to play Lucille Ball. Well, people are all wound up. Deborah Messing should have gotten the gig. And, you know, she played Lucy in one of uh, one of the Will and Grace shows. She's funny. She actually would have been a perfect choice. And I bet that it wouldn't surprise me if Nicole says, you know what? I'm too busy. I've got another movie I'm shooting. I can't do it. Um, and they they tap Deborah Messing to do it. I don't know. Maybe we'll see. But we've got a cat fight going on. Uh, I know Valerie Bertinelli 
has tweeted that Deborah Messing was robbed. Uh, people have been uh, tweeting and, and quote tweeting that with uh, Deborah is Lucy reincarnated all the way. So they're fighting for Deborah Messing to be uh, Lucy Ball. Maybe she doesn't even want it. I mean, I don't know. Deborah hasn't come out and I don't think she's come out and said, uh, well, yeah, I'd like to do that job and Nicole Kidman can kiss my ass. I don't think Deborah Messing has said that, although now I want her to. So we know about uh, the UK going into lockdown. Other countries started to go into lockdown over the COVID-19 pandemic. And uh, I love the story. Ontario is going to enter into a state of emergency uh, on Thursday, issuing stay-at-home orders to residents. It goes into effect and it will last at least 28 days. Everyone must stay home and only go out for essential trips to pick up groceries or go to medical appointments. Uh, adding that walking pets or exercising is still permitted. That's funny because, uh, and that's talking about Ontario, but a Quebec uh, couple uh, under their order where it says you can only walk your dog close to home. There's a nightly curfew between 8 and 5 a.m. People, of course, like I said, are admitted, you know, able to walk their dog close to home. And so one husband and wife went out for a walk, but the wife put a leash on her husband. (laughs) And uh, when the police pulled her over, she said, yeah, well, uh, I'm just out walking my dog. Uh, So, you know, we're following the rules and you know, we're, the rule are says I can walk my pets and I'm out walking my pet now. Okay. So that's where we're going. We're close to home. So they got a ticket. Still, the police didn't let them go. Of course. Uh, the, even the police couldn't think, ah, oh, that's a pretty good one. Go ahead and get out of here. Don't let me catch you again. It's not fun. Whatever. Nope. Wrote them a ticket. And they were, uh, the police, of course, well, we're just following the rules set forth by uh, Premier Francis Legault. Oh, yeah. Okay. Thank you, Mr. Policeman. Thank you. They were fined. The ticket for breaking the curfew is about $3,000. Now, according to the police department, a spokesperson said the couple did not cooperate with the police. Well, okay. By saying did not cooperate, does that mean that they said, you know, we didn't just run home with our tail, get it with our tail between our legs? And apologize and bow down and tell them uh, we're just out for we just want to be outside together as a couple, you know, walking in fresh air that's supposed to be good. Anyway, uh, they got a ticket. And according to this, they issued Quebec, the entire province, issued 750 tickets for violations over the weekend. Wow. Uh, that's a lot. That's a lot. So even in the great lockdown of Canada, people, uh, are, are having enough and they want to actually get out and be outside. And I don't know, walk with their husband or walk with their wife. It's just incredible. We are going into a deep, dark time, a deep, dark time. And I know this is Canada, but 
look around in this country and tell me what you see. I know. I know. I mean, we're already talking about the FBI warning law enforcement agencies nationwide of possible armed protests at all 50 state Capitol buildings. Wow. And they could start, uh, you know, we're going to have National Guard all around Capitol Hill. And they're talking about uh, the FBI planning to, uh, you know, up their coverage around the state capitals. Please, please, please don't do this. Don't go to the Capitol buildings armed. You're just creating a problem that is going to make everything worse than it is already. And you think to yourself, well, it can't get worse than it is already. You know the answer to that. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts. I mean, look, they're talking about uh, having up to 15,000 a National Guard ready uh, for President-elect Joe Biden's inauguration next week. U.S. Army Secretary Ryan McCarthy said that D.C. was expecting about 6,200 Guard members uh, over the weekend and that they're going to remain in the region for at least 30 days. And don't forget President Trump uh, you know, declared an emergency in the district already. The, you know, and like I said, they're talking about uh, you know, armed protest at all 50 state capitol buildings. Please don't. Please don't. I know, you know, who am I? I get it. And I haven't talked much about it because I try not to, I try to stay away from it here on Chewing the Fat. But things are, and you could quote me on this, not real stable right now around the country because of what happened last week at the Capitol building. And I know that, uh, you know, our Speaker of the House called it uh, this armed insurrection uh, and then, then the picture they show are all these people inside the Capitol building. Uh, nobody had a weapon that I'm aware of, but maybe they did. I get it. Uh, you know, whatever, whatever. The point is, is that during the inauguration, it has got to go off without a hitch. And if there's any kind of hitch at all, you know, who's going to be blamed for it. Don't you? Yeah, that's right. Donald Trump and his supporters. And it won't be pretty. It won't be pretty at all. You think it's bad now that Twitter is, you know, taking followers away from you? You think it's not bad now that their uh, Facebook and Twitter is just uh, blocking people and uh, they've already dropped the hammer on uh, students for Trump account, which is no violations, no warnings, nothing. He's just blocked until at least after Inauguration Day is what he was told. So, Okay. Just uh, anything to do with Trump, shut it down. And that's what's happening. And if something bad happens during the inauguration, uh, you can count on uh, you can count on things getting a lot worse. A lot worse. You're gonna be you're gonna be wishing for the days of arguing with people over whether you're wearing a mask or not. You saw the Bruce Willis story? where he was asked to leave the Rite Aid on Monday after refusing to wear a mask. You know, I guess people inside the store became upset with Willis, who wasn't wearing a mask. Although he had a bandana on tied around his neck, there was a picture of this evil man. Um, 
I guess, and you know, of course, you know, rep for Willis didn't uh, return the calls, but he was at the store and they made such a big deal about him putting a mask on. He was there getting whatever he was going to get. Stop it. What are you talking about? You know what? He, I mean, we talked a little bit about, I told you about the doctor's office and you know, yesterday that story with the nurse and you know, I'm usually pretty good about, you know, I get it. If I have to go out somewhere and they want me to wear a mask, I wear a mask. But really, I don't care if you don't wear a mask. I don't care. If you want to wear a mask, great. If you don't want to wear a mask, don't. Whatever. Fine. But we're getting to the point now where we're past the Karens and the Kens. We're now into the regular people who have... You know, they've been forced to wear a mask now. And so if they see you out without a mask, not only are they mad at you for not wearing a mask because you, they think that you could, you know, be making people sick, but they're mad at you because you're doing what they wanted to do to begin with. And that's not wear a mask, but they caved in. So they now want you to cave in. And that's a, (laughs) that's not a good place. Did I say that we were in a bad place? Yeah. Yeah. That's not a good place. So, I mean, I don't know what Bruce was doing. I know he, man, he's been quarantining with Demi and the kids, uh, the older kids, out at their Idaho ranch forever. And I know that the wife now, his wife now with their new baby, apparently got caught in L.A. because of some sickness or one of the kid the kid was sick or something happened so she had to stay in L.A. and Bruce was out in Idaho. So for a while they weren't even together. Bruce was with Demi the ex and his grown children and the new wife and the new baby is in LA by themselves. So, I mean, obviously he's back in LA now with the, the new wife and the baby, but I'm not sure what he was, you know, what he was really thinking about. Just put a mask on Bruce. What are you doing? You got your bandana on. Although he's probably thinking, look, I'm in the store. I'm shopping already. What are you doing? I just want to get my stuff and get out of here. And uh, by the way, I'm Bruce freaking Willis. Uh, You don't know who I am. Uh, I get to go wherever I want to go. Uh, and if I want to wear a mask, I will. And if I don't, I don't. And yeah, I've got my bandana on, but because you're telling me to put a mask on, I'm not doing it. Instead, I'm just going to leave. And any money that I was going to spend at your stupid pharmacy, Rite Aid, I'm not going to spend it there. Okay. So have a nice freaking day. And the only reason it became a big deal is because somebody snapped a picture of him in the Rite Aid. Other than that, it would have been just, uh, you know, him walking out and not making a purchase. (laughs) And one last uh, update from uh, Nick in Pennsylvania at the, uh, you know, emailing uh, chewingthefat at theblaze.com. So we've heard about Nick and he, I talked about his, uh, his issues with his wife and the kids at the library. And, uh, then I talked about how, uh, you know, he wanted to get it right. And it wasn't because of this. It was because of that. And then I've got one last, apparently Nick doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. Uh, according to Nick, his wife call said he was a effing idiot. And if you've been married for any length of time, you may have been called that by your spouse at one time or another who among us so apparently he got the story backwards there was still an issue with the library and the two-year-old not wearing a mask 
but it was with another special thing. And so that's why there was money spent because it was a special thing outside of the actual library. Uh, so they can't be a part of that either. So anyway, the whole point of this is to remind you that, uh, as a couple from time to time, you may find yourself with one of your, either your husband or your wife telling you a story that what happened during the day and what's going on and you really not listening. And then you go to tell someone else the story and you realize in the end, when the spouse who actually told you the story hears what you said, realizes that you weren't listening to that spouse at all and has no idea the actual, you know, the gist of the story. And that's all you really need, right? You just need the gist of the story. Overall, in life, you just need the gist of the story. You really don't need to start bogging people down with facts, right? Right. <laughs>